You're listening to the City Lights Church Podcast with Pastor Jesse Miller. The Lord's taking us on a journey, and this morning's going to be... I feel like these last couple of weeks I've had to make the same disclaimer, but I feel like the Lord's doing some different things here at City Lights. He's teaching us some new things, and I don't believe anything's coincidental. I believe that God lines things up in times and seasons for us to learn and to grow in. Does it make sense? And today is just another highlighted moment where I feel like the Lord is teaching us something and showing us something. Um, for those of you who are visiting, we've been walking through a series called Foundations, talking about the foundations of what we believe and why do we believe it, and we're really wrapping it up. It's going to kind of all end this series on Easter Sunday. I'm excited for it. But the last few weeks, we've been looking at um, the spiritual gifts. We are a church that believes the gifts still happen, uh, that God still works in miracles. We sang it this morning. We believe that God gives gifts to the church, supernatural, and what seems to be very natural. All of those things are from him and, and through the Holy Spirit. Um, so that's kind of where we've been looking at. In the last few weeks, we really talked about uh, having an expectation to know that God is a supernatural God, and we live in a supernatural world, even though we're physical. Uh, God exists outside of the physical, created the physical, but he, he also made a spirit as well. And then last week, we really honed in on the gift of the prophetic, um, talk, understanding what that is and what it's not. Um, I'm not going to try to recap a ton of things this morning. And actually, in this series, we've had it all mapped out where I was going. I told Kenny... You know, this is where I think I'm going. You know, this is the plan. I told the elders, like, hey, this is where we're going. And I had my message ready, um, and then my week happened. And then the Lord literally this morning confirmed, no, you need to preach something different. So, but I believe that what he's teaching today to us is for a reason. Um, and I think it's lining up with the season that we're in. Let me ask you a question. So last week we talked about the prophetic. We've been looking at this, the supernatural of you, the last few weeks. Let me just ask you, how many of you guys have saw, saw God move in an awesome, unique way this week, whether through a supernatural something or through a prophetic word or through a divine, like something you know God was in that, like God moved in some awesome way. So there's a few hands of you. Like we're praying that God would highlight, he would, the Holy Spirit would give us eyes to see what he is doing in and through us. We, if you're a believer, you are his body, you are his active hands and feet on the earth and you get to partner with what heaven's doing. That's what we believe at City Lights. And God is teaching us some cool things. This morning is kind of a continuation off this idea. Um, Originally, I was going to teach on Jesus as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I kind of will, but I kind of won't today. Um, Psalms 103, verse 19, like we opened up this morning, does say the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. David wrote that before Christ, before he came and forgave us of our sins. Before he cleanses us, before he started doing all that stuff, David said his, his king, he's already established it. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens. His kingdom rules, present tense, current, rules over all. God is constantly working. and constantly is ruling and reigning. He hasn't stopped. And I really believe that he's weaving something together here in Scranton and in our hearts right now. He's putting a tapestry together where we can see something bigger and go after something greater than what we've previously experienced. We got the amen section right here. The rest of you, Lord bless them. Just give them. (laughs) So let let me tell you this. Let me give you some insight to why I believe that I need to teach something else today. So, 
you ever have a, like, how many of you guys had a bad day recently? Like, you're just, like, mopey, right? Just, oh, grouchy pants, right? <laughs> so Wednesday, I had one of those days. It was the snowpocalypse that didn't happen. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, everybody, everything shut down. We all overreacted because, you know, everybody was stuck for 17 hours on highways one day, and they're like, hey, it's coming again. Shut it all down. Like, that's what we did. And so my kids' schools were canceled, my babysitter was canceled, and then it's Wednesday, and my wife still has to work because she works from home. And I'm like, I'm watching the kids all day, and I'm like, I got a lot of things I could do today. I love my kids. And then, of course, the kids are cranky. They're fighting with each other, right? It's like one of those days where you're just like, I'm in a mood, right? And so I kind of put myself in that position, and I was going to bed, like, in that mood, right? And my wife's like, what is your problem? You know, and I'm like, I'm okay, and I, I get over it, or whatever, and I'm like, Lord, I just, I just need to discern what you're saying to me. And it wasn't just because of that. There was, like, other things happening. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the small, silly things that make you, like, Mr. Cranky because they just keep adding up. And Wednesday night, I'm like, God, I, I need to hear from you. I need, I need a word, like, what you're doing in our church, in my heart, and, like, I, I want to see you active. It's so, so real. I want to see you moving more and more. And so I go to bed, and I have this dream um, that I had. I'll share the dream with you. I had a dream, and we, we just talked. We believe that God speaks to his people. His sheep hear his voice. I believe that can be through all kinds of ways, including dreams. And so I have this dream, and uh, I'll tell you the dream. So in the dream, there was I was... There was somebody who was family, who was female, but not really like a specific person. You guys know what I'm talking about? You know it's somebody, but not really anybody. And there's this female who's really sick, like to the point where she's going to die, but she doesn't know it. Um, but I know it. And so I share this at this, I'm at a hospital then, and there's this older, like nice janitor lady. Who, she's not really a janitor. She's kind of working there. I don't know what she does. She works at the hospital, right? Dreams are weird, okay? And... She's like this nice, older, nervous, funny, like, per, like this old lady who would be in a Hallmark movie. Like, that's who she is, right? And she hears about the situation in my family of this woman who's sick and doesn't know it, who needs a healing. And she says, well, I know the doctor. And that doctor, anytime she speaks to somebody, that they'll be healed. And if they say the same thing, they're healed every time. And she's like, so maybe we can go ask that doctor to tell her she's dying and tell her that she's going to be whole because it's the only cure possible. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good idea. So we go to the hospital and in, here's the doctor in their office. This lady's in her office doing her thing. And over here is this nurse lady and she's pacing back and forth, trying to work up the courage to go talk to the doctor. And so finally she knocks on the doctor's door. The doctor looks at her, then looks at me. I'm just kind of observing in the background. This is way too close, by the way. I'm just observing in the background, and, and I see this lady say, she starts to work up the courage to say, I need you to uh, diagnose this lady and to heal her, basically what she's saying. And the doctor looks at me and just smiles, because she knows this is coming, and she's like, I don't know why she's so nervous about asking me for this. This is something I do all the time. Like, that's the sense we got, right? And so the lady asks this question, and then all of a sudden there's a room over here full of, like, the, the board members of the hospital, Right? All the, the who's who. And this one guy puts his hands on the table and stands up. He's like, that won't work. That's silly. We don't do miracles. We deal with healing the sick through medicine. And if we tell her she's sick, it'll only ruin the rest of her life. So let's just let her live in ignorance. Right? And the old lady says, no, but I know that she can heal. 
At that point, it's 6 a.m., my alarm starts going off. And I'm like, what was that? And 6 o'clock, i got to get my kids ready to get them on the bus. They get on the bus at 6.30. I know it's completely ungodly. I don't know what's wrong with this system, but we get them on the bus at 6.30. And usually at 6.30, when the kids are back on the bus, I'm like, let me just get 10 more minutes of sleep. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's 10 more minutes, right? I just want 10 more minutes. So I go back, I go to my room, and I'm like, I can't. i gotta, I got to ask the Lord what this is about. Like, what is he saying? And so I sit down and I pull out my Bible and I, I don't, I'm not one of those guys who reads his Bible every morning at 6.30 in the morning. I don't. I'm trying to get like three more minutes of sleep. And I pull out my Bible and I, I open it and I'm like, Lord, I have no idea where to go. I sit there, I look there, and my, wife, my wife's at her desk already. She, her office is in our bedroom. And she's at her desk and I'm like, I don't know where to go. And my phone beeps and it's Ralph texting me. Ralph's our drummer. Where's Ralph at? Wave your hand, Ralph. He's been in the back. So Ralph texts me at 6.30. And I thought, he's wondering about plowing the snow. That's honestly what I thought. I'm like, I'll, I'll answer him later. But I'm like, no, I better answer him now. I look at it, and he says, I'm not sure if this is for you or not, but Luke 5 is in my head. If it's for you, great. If not, have a good day. And I'm like, I just said I don't know where to go. And he texts me at 6.33 in the morning, Luke 5. So I flipped the Luke 5, and I began to read it out loud to my wife. And I'm like, this is what the Lord is saying to us. This is what the Lord is showing us. So this morning, that's where we are. This morning, God, God has confirmed that I have to talk about Luke 5 to us. Um, if you were planning on getting out of her, here early because of the time change, we get an extra hour at City Lights today. That's how it works. Um, so we, we are not a church. Even though Ben said about Sunday mornings, we're becoming a church that doesn't worry about time, um, and if that offends you, you can sit in the back on Sundays and sneak out. We won't pick on you. We won't. It's your. It, everybody's got responsibilities. I get that. No worries. But today, I'm. I'm not promising anything. Just letting you know. I think God's taking us somewhere. So let's look at Luke chapter five. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw the two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little, a little from the land. First off, I want to point out to you something that's hilarious here. He sees that the fishermen were done, and he gets into their boat and starts rowing away. <laughs> like, that's... Like, uh, hey, where are you going with my boat? Like, that's, that's what Jesus just did in this moment. Anyway, I think it's funny. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and they filled both the boats so that it began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and they followed him. 
this morning if I get a little emotional because this passage has a lot going on in here, some of which I will share with you this morning, some of which I won't because there's so much happening. Does that make sense? But let me point out a few things here. This morning, I want to talk about how we serve a God of the miraculous. We serve a God of miracles. We, we serve a God who does crazy things. And well, the first thing I want to point out to you in, in Luke chapter 5 is as when Jesus is calling his disciples, he does something that doesn't make sense. They're done fishing. He gets in their boats. He teaches them, and he looks at a man who's worked all night, toiled all the time, and he says, hey, go ahead and cast your nets back out. And the guy says, we tried all night, but at your word, I'll do exactly what you say. And he puts his, their nets out, and there's this miraculous harvest of fish to the point where they got to call friends, and they fill up both boats, and the boats are about to sink. It's amazing. And they're like, who is this guy? They're fearful. And Jesus says, don't fear. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And what happens? They leave their nets, it says, and follow him. This first thing I want to talk to you about, the God that we serve, the God of the miraculous, is sometimes, sometimes God will do a miracle just to show off. Too often I've heard people say, well, I can't really ask God for that because it's not really a big deal or it's not really like a necessity. It's not like life and death situation. This was not a life and death situation. You know what they did with the fish? Nothing. Their whole careers were built on awesome fish, catching fish, selling fish. They make the best catch of their lives and they leave it behind. Talk about a wasted, pointless miracle. They don't eat the fish. They don't sell the fish. Probably some neighbor kid came and was like, I'm getting fish. That's what I think anyway. I think somebody used the fish, but it wasn't the disciples. I want to encourage you. We serve a God of the miraculous who loves to go beyond what you need and show you how good he is anyway. This would be like if your career, how many, how many hunters are in here? I, I wish I was a hunter. I'm not a hunter. Um, there's a few of you. This would be like if you had spent your entire like weekend in the freezing woods in your tree stand. That's why I don't hunt. And you're freezing, and then all of a sudden somebody says, hey, I want you to close your eyes, point your gun that way, and pull the trigger. You do that, and it goes through three of the biggest buck you've ever seen in your life. And then you walk away from them. You just leave the antlers, the meat and all. You're like, that's pretty awesome. Where do you want to go next? Like, it doesn't make sense. They leave the nets. God shows off because he's God and he loves to show off. We have a God of miracles. That's who he is. And it doesn't always have to fit into a hierarchy of what's important and what's not important. You know what's important? Relationship with you. That's why he does miracles. He's always been a God of relationship. And here he's like, hey, you see what just happened? From now on, you're going to be fishers of men. Something really important. Come follow me. Forget the fish. That's the God that we have. I want to encourage you that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Scripture says. He still does miracles for the sake of relationship, bringing glory to himself. He still does these things. The next passage, verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. I mean, I don't know about you, but a little bit of leprosy sounds terrible, but this guy was full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his, on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hands and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he, and he charged him to tell no one, but to go and show himself to the priest, and we don't have to read the rest of that story. What I want, to, I want you to see here in this story about this leper, he comes to him, recognizes the authority of who Jesus is, 
and says, hey, if you will, you can. And Jesus says what? I will. The, the heart of the Father is always for health. Never once in Scripture do we find Jesus encounter somebody who's sick and say, mm, not today. Mm, you don't understand my bigger purposes. I'd rather you be sick and die because it'll do something somewhere else. We've built that theology and we've accepted it and embraced it because we've prayed for people. They haven't been sick. We've seen people that we love die from terrible diseases and we say, well, God works all things together for the good of those who love him. That's absolutely true. But God is not the author nor creator of sickness and disease. Nowhere in Scripture can you find that God wants somebody who he loves die of a terrible death. Nowhere can you find him encounter somebody who comes to him in faith believing and he's like, yeah, your faith's pretty good, but I'd rather not. I'd rather teach you some important life lessons. You don't find that in Scripture, but what we've done is we've allowed situations and circumstances to say, that's how I'm going to read this text. That's how I'm going to embrace this because I can't rationalize it. I can't take my experience of the past and the present and say, well, that works with this text, so I'm going to change what the text actually means. I want to encourage you not only as the God who does things just because he can, but he does things because he wants us to be healthy, well, he is not the author of disease. That's the enemy. He has come to kill, still, and destroy. He, God has come to bring life and life abundantly. We have these two worlds that collide, and Jesus comes to bring life. The Father's heart is always no toward disease. So Jesus says this. What, what, we don't have much from when Jesus was a kid, but what do we see him as when he was a kid? He sneaks away from his family, and he's teaching in the synagogues, right? And he's like, what's he say to his mom and dad? They're like, what are you doing? Like, they lost him for three days. That's a long time to lose your son, right? Especially when he's the son of God, and it was a, a, you're a virgin birth. Like that, I'm sure Mary was stressing, right? And Jesus goes, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Over and over and over again, we see Jesus say, I only do and say what I hear the Father say and do. I can do nothing in myself. I only do what the will of the Father is. So if, if Jesus here is healing and doing miracles, that tells me that's the will of the Father in that moment. The Father's heart is for the miraculous. The Father loves to heal the sick. It's who he is. I can't, what I, what I want to encourage you this morning is that I can't look at the situations in my life where I see sickness and decay and death and brokenness, and I can't say that that's the heart of heaven. As Christians, we are to be ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, which means we pull heaven down by faith. We declare it. We speak it. That's what we do. I must keep believing heaven even when I don't see it until I see it. I'm not saying this is easy. I have a daughter who's deaf in her one ear. I'm still pre preaching the kingdom. I'm still speaking that that ear open. And one day I will see it. I know I will. This morning we sang a song, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. That was written by another man after his child passed away. We serve a God that goes beyond what we experience. And sometimes we get these awesome moments to declare in faith, to bring heaven down, and we see a miracle happen. But when it does it, I don't believe something different about God because his word has revealed who he is. Yeah. 
And so I keep speaking that into my situation until my situation changes. I do believe that God uses everything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, but I don't believe that he has designed for death to interrupt your family. I don't believe it. I refuse to believe it. The next passage, verse 17. When one of those days as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding there was no way to bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. You guys know the story, right? This is them tearing the roof apart to get their friend in, right? They literally... Brought down the roof. It was ridiculous. For a friend. And when, they, when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. If I was a friend, I'd be like, that's not what we asked for, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was like, yeah, I got good faith. You brought him in to heal him. Hey, I'm going to forgive your sins. I'd be like, time out. Can we go back a step? Let's, let's do something else first. And when the scribes and the Pharisees began to question him, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Can he, who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God, and the amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Jesus, here's the Pharisees, the religious, the Stoics, the we've got this down to our system people, that God doesn't do these type of things. And they say, and they say this guy's full of blasphemy. And Jesus says, don't you know who I am? To prove to you who I am, how about I say, get up and walk? How about I say, I'm going to heal you? What's as easier for me to just say you're forgiven or for you to get up and be whole? It is easier for God to forgive your sins than it is for him to heal, but he does both. He does both. When we as believers of the kingdom of heaven in the earth now, as ambassadors, when I know who my identity is as a son of God, that that I have the right and the privilege to walk in divine health. I have the right and privilege. That might sound blasphemous to some of you, but I know it's in the text. It's his life. It's his words over me. I have the right to declare health to my family. My wife literally said to me last night, she's like, we haven't been sick in a while. I said, yes, that's true. You can walk into divine health. I, 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 this, you, this might sound blasphemous to some of you, but whatever. I don't care anymore. I'm teaching what I see the kingdom teach. That's what I have to do this morning. Psalms 103, we talked about, that very end of it, talked about his kingdom ruling and reigning. That same passage, that same psalmist, David, the same one, says this in 103, verse 2 through 3. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. 
This is David before Christ, before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, before disciples going and doing signs and wonders, says, hey, I won't forget his benefits. He forgives my sins and he heals all my sicknesses. That's the God that I serve. So how have we somehow made a new covenant? We take communion, we drink of the blood, we, drink of the, we, we eat of the bread, and we say somehow we're going to go back to pre-Old Testament and say God doesn't really do that anymore. It's not who he is. He did it when he needed to build a church. You know, and once they had the Bible, it was all done. We don't really need healing anymore. That's not the God we serve. If it is, he's, that king who sits on the throne is getting a little old and can't do what he used to do. He's always the same. He still does miracles. He still is working. That's who we serve. David knew that God was the God, that the Messiah was the one who would heal, who would cleanse us from unrighteousness, who would deliver us from bondage, who would be the king of all kings, who would sit on the throne forever and ever. That's the king that we serve. That's the God that I go after. Why did David know this? Because his kingdom is eternal. It doesn't stop. God's kingdom has not stopped. I don't care what you see from the doctors. Just I love what Linda said this morning. I don't care what you hear from the doctors. I don't care what you see on the news. His kingdom has not stopped. It has not decreased. It's not secluded itself for one more day coming back out in full force. He is still advancing. The church is still on the move. God's kingdom is still empowering. So why do we forget that we are ambassadors of his kingdom? Why do we fail to realize the, the authority that we have in him? I love that the end of that verse said that they glorified God, were filled with awe, and they said, we have seen extraordinary things today. I believe that God is calling our church to a point where people come and say, we have seen extraordinary things today. It doesn't make sense, but God did it. I'm going after that. That's the journey I'm on and as the leader of this church, I'm asking you to come with me. If not, you're going to get really tired of hearing me talk about it. The next pastor, passage, we see this, and I'll just kind of sum it up for you. Jesus goes out and he, he eats with a tax collector, Levi. And the Pharisees, once again, are ticked off at him. Well, he eats with tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus says this, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick... I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We serve a God who loves to interact with the sick. I had a dream about a doctor who could heal the sick at simply saying the words. I look in Luke 5, and I see somebody says, if you will, just, just say it, if you will. Jesus says, I will, it's what I do. We see Luke, who's a physician, writing about being the good physician. I've come to heal the sick. Church, God has empowered us. He's called us to be the representation of who he is, of the Father, and we are called to release healing and the miraculous. When you look through the list of the gifts that we see in 1 Corinthians and the other texts, we see there's the gift of healings and the gift of miracles to the body. Those are active gifts, just like the works of administrators are gifts. There are people who are really called to that, to function in healing. There are people who are called to, to, to see miracles and strange things happen just because God likes to do it today. I can't wait for some people to get a hold of that, to go after it. And then when they start touching the sick, the sick are healed. The sick are delivered. And when they need a miracle, a miracle happens. Something that doesn't make any sense, that doesn't make any logical sense happens, right? 
Anybody else want that? Or am I the only? I feel like I'm the only one. That one hour crushed some of you guys. Like, I'm, we're going to hand out Red Bulls next week on your way in. That, that one hour. Take a memo. Next spring forward, Red Bulls for everybody. I'm kidding. It's terrible. That's, that's toxic. That's awful. The next passage, and I, I am wrapping up here in a minute. Luke says, I know a great doctor. Luke says here, I know the one who heals the sick. That's what he's come for, to heal. The next passage begins to talk about fasting. Fasting, and that's more of a personal thing that I won't go into right now, kind of what I'm walking through personally. And then he ends with this. Luke 5 ends with this. And then anybody who's been with us for a while, for the last year or so, knows this is important. Luke 5, verse, verse 38. The new wine must be put in the fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wines desires new, for he says the old is good. A year ago, we started off by really believing that the Lord has said to us that God is giving us as a church a new wineskin for the new move of the Spirit he's doing. That's the word that came out last January. That's what we knew we hung on to. And, and he texts me Luke 5. I was talking to Ralph. He's like, I didn't even know what Luke 5 was. I was walking in my hallway that morning and I felt Luke 5, and I'm like, okay, i got to send this to Jesse. I love that. That's, we were talking about words of discernment. That's what that is. Luke 5, that's, that's, that's us. Church, I believe that God is calling us to, be, to demonstrate the good physician to those who are sick. To call disciples and to see miracles happen that aren't even really necessary. But they just bring glory to him. I believe that God is shaping us to be the new wineskin of the movement of the Spirit in this area that this area needs to see because we've become a bunch of skeptics and stoic people who think God used to do, but he only saves the lost now. What? What? It's a bigger miracle to save your sin, right? Like, to wash you, we believe that's real, but yet we don't really believe him for the miraculous. How does that make sense, church? We've got to shift our thinking Jesus says in John 4, verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. He says what I eat off of, what Jesus eats off of, what he lives off of is doing what the Father says. And Jesus tells us, go be my disciples, which means you can do what I do. My sheep hear my voice. They know me. I'm giving you the spirit to speak truth to you. He'll guide you into all truth. The Father is one who no longer calls you slaves, who just makes you do things, but he reveals his heart to you. These are all scriptures that are in, in the Bible. It tells you he is a God who sees what God is doing, sees the miracles of heaven, and Jesus says, my disciples will also do the same thing. Greater works will you do than these. It's better for you to the eye go so the Holy Spirit can come and guide you into everything. The whole New Testament is full of believers believing that Christ was who he said he is, seeing the Father revealed through Christ, now in them and doing the same works. Acts only exists as a book because it's full of miracles that the early church operated in. What if we begin to believe that God is still a God of miracles? Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it won't hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And these signs will accompany those who believe. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. 
I'm a believer. I think a good bit of you in this room are a believer. Right? I have to personally wrestle with this thing that says, okay, so if this is the promises for a believer, and I'm a believer, why am I not seeing this? Why am I not contending for this? Why am I not fighting for this? It says it will, so I'm fighting for this. I'm going after this thing. James 5, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. I confess my sins. I, I, I confess what's junk, what's junk and garbage in my life, and I pray that somebody's whole. And the power of my prayer as a righteous person in Christ is awesome. That's what that text says. That's a New Testament verse for the church. For us. We have to become a church that either takes the entirety of Scripture and says it's applicable to me today, or we're going to be those Christians who just start pulling out verses like this, saying, well, that was good for them in the early church. He hasn't come back yet, people. He still needs to do some works. There are people who still don't believe, and I believe God still likes to show off. He does. It's who he is. We have to believe the entirety of this thing. At City Lights, we believe that we are still empowered by the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead. We are no longer under this curse of sin, and we, so we are to live and declare the lifestyle of heaven. That's what you and I get to do as Christians. We are not under sin. We are not under the curse of death. We are under the lifestyle of heaven. We are ambassadors of the kingdom, so we get to partner with that. We are to show the world the goodness of the Father. Healing and miracles are an expression of that goodness. That's what they are. It's being seen right now. There are, there are churches that fully are getting this. And God is showing up in the miraculous left and right. Since the early 1900s, Christians have been rediscovering the fact that God still moves in signs and wonders. The gifts of healing and the miraculous, they still, they still belong in the body. We got super smart in the 1700s, and really we got super, super stupid. And we erased the fact that God is a supernatural God. I want to encourage you. So a buddy of mine is a worship pastor in uh, North Carolina. And um, he just wrote a, he just put out a CD like two weeks ago or a week ago. His name's David Ollinger. Um, friends from high school and, and uh, so everything he puts out I just, I just like listen to I grab it right away try to endorse him and I was loving the CD and there was this one song on there that when I first heard it I'm like oh Dave what is this this morning I was driving here and all of a sudden the lines from this song popped into my head it says we don't have silver and we don't have gold and I thought, man, Dave, I think you're on to something with that song. Guess what the name of the song is? It's called King Jesus. I was supposed to preach today on Jesus being the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If they had the song ready, I want you to hear just the first half of it. He says, King Jesus, come do what only you can do. That is the heart cry right now that I feel. 
that we need to be a church that goes after the miraculous, not because we want to be a weird church that's on TV or some kind of whatever. We want to be a church that gets the kingdom of heaven and we see it demonstrated fully. I don't want half heaven. I want all of heaven. Anything that heaven has for us, I want it. I want to go after it. I want to be the church that's known like, hey, they don't have much money. They don't, they don't have like great facilities. We've got paint coming down. But signs and wonders happen. She just shows up and, and the sick are recovered. That's that. I love it. I want to be a church that sees that more and more, that we're going after the kingdom of heaven, that I want this church to be a cancer-free zone. I want this church to be just completely whole. That broken bones are put back together, steel rods are removed supernaturally, that sickness and disease don't belong here. Why? Because they don't belong in heaven. We are ambassadors of a different kingdom. You are an ambassador of a different kingdom. Paul says eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Healing and miracles are spiritual gifts. I'm going after them. I invite you to come with us. We're going to worship for a little bit. What I felt, even before I knew I was supposed to preach this message, I was still planning on preaching about Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And I knew on Tuesday that we were supposed to have this time for, for ministry. Prayer team, if you would come forward. I think Sarah's gathered. Some of you already. Prayer team, come forward. On Tuesday, I really felt like the Lord discerned in my heart that we were supposed to actively pray for anybody in this church who has what's considered an incurable disease. If, there, if you've been diagnosed with anything that's technically incurable, like you might be able to like pacify it for a bit, you might be able to calm the symptoms, but if it's not curable, I want you to come forward. I want you to take a step of faith because we believe God is a God of the miraculous, and we're going to pray that. We're going to pray for heaven to come forward. We're going to worship, and if that's you, don't be embarrassed. If you have something incurable, we're not going to ask you what it is. We don't need to know. We want to pray for that. We are a church that believes that God does what only he can do. That's what he does. We believe that God is the same God in the Old Testament and the New who loves to show off his goodness. Would you stand? Let's worship for a little bit. If you need a, a, a physical miracle, I want to invite you as well to come forward. If you need a physical miracle, come forward. We believe God heals. If we just talk it and don't practice it, it's pretty lame faith, isn't it? If you need a physical miracle, come forward. If you have something incurable, please come and share with the person praying. It's incurable, please pray. Because it's not incurable. Heaven laughs at that. Jesus laughs at that. <laughs> What's just easier? Forgiven or get up and walk? Heaven laughs at it. Let's go after this together. Worship with us.